Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. No, I want this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. I stand alone. I stand alone. Welcome to the show and a good Tuesday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there. It's 7.07, 7 after 7. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard now Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. The gang is all here. Low T. Chuck screens the calls. Longoria and that stoic Mexican work ethic on the other side of the takeout window. Big show today, odd show today, odd for a couple of reasons. We're on until 8.30 because of Bulldog basketball, the pregame starts at 8.35. Odd, because uh, around 8 o'clock, we are going to take uh, Donald Trump's announcement live here on WSB as he uh, tells the world uh, who his Supreme Court nominee is. Odder, Erickson and I are going to cross swords at 7.45 in the, uh, or cross streams. Cross streams. You can cross swords <laughs> if you want to. We're going to cross streams <laughs> at 7.45. So uh, the conservative Viking will be in here at 7.45. We'll talk about what President Trump is going to do with the nomination. We'll carry the nomination live. Then if there's any time, we'll get your reaction before Bulldog basketball. Johnny Cabasa will join us with the fast food review as well. So we got a ton of stuff to get to tonight. Let's not... Uh, Action-packed. Yeah, let's not... Dilly dally around. Not dawdle. I've never said that in my life. Dilly dally. Just I, I highly doubt that. Yeah, I don't think so. No, really? never it felt it weird coming out of my mouth. <laughs> dilly dally. Lollygag. I've said lollygag. As we continue to dilly dally and lollygag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wampus. That's Alex Williams' favorite word. Really? Caddy Wampus. I don't know why he says it all the time. <laughs> Cattywampus. Anyway, all right. Now we're now we're exactly. lollygagging. Now we're dilly dallying. Um, so here's the deal. I'm, I'm sure Eric talked about. It. I apologize. I didn't get to hear Eric's show on the way in. Uh, the two candidates, Thomas Hardiman and Neil Gorich, Gorsuch, Gorsuch, Gorsuch. Um, obviously, I know nothing about uh, these guys except what I've learned in the last ten minutes. Eric, I'm sure, um, had has volumes of data on these dudes. Uh, but the the uh, consensus is that Gors- Gorsuch yes. is going to be the nominee. Yes. What did Eric at, uh, talk about? Why he's bringing both these guys in, and why he's making like a surprise announcement at eight? We actually never got around to why he brought both of them in. I, the the surprise announcement is very Trump. Sure. You know, let's make a big deal, get a bunch of primetime TV coverage. You know, make a spectacle of it. That fits right in. Why he brought both of them, I don't know. Maybe to throw the scent off, but it that's, obviously leaked out. But that's so. I, I mean, if if it, Gorsuch gets it, I feel bad for Hardiman. I know. Is he going to do it? Because because Trump used to run the uh, Miss Universe pageant, right, or Miss whatever that yeah, was. Miss Universe. Is there going to be a uh, you know he, as he swears in or nominates Gorsuch, 
He says to Hardeman, listen, if Gorsuch for any reason can't uh, complete the duties, you're the you're first runner-up. Runner up. You're you, the first runner-up, You yeah. get the, the tie. I mean, I just don't understand. It doesn't make sense to I me. I don't know. We joked that maybe it was a bachelor thing. They're both going to stand off to the side, and there'll be two roses, and, yeah, you know, or a single rose, and he's going to hand it to the one that wins. It's totally a game show move. I, yeah, I, I, I don't, don't understand. Unless he's really throwing off the scent, and it's neither of these two guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's Maybe he floated these names out, and, he, and sure. the, the real one wouldn't even know yet. So. Yeah. Um, I, I just I think it's fascinating. I love the the mechanisms of of what goes on yeah. in our government. I I really like this too. Um, what I to be fit to be honest though, I thought it was kind of bush league that uh, the Republicans didn't even bring President Obama's nomination to the floor mm-hmm. after uh, they didn't bring it up in committee. No, after Alito died. Uh, Alito, who? I mean uh, Scalia. Scalia. Not Scalia. <laughs> I didn't no breaking news Another there. Scalia. One died? <laughs> Um, and for this reason alone, I, I mean, I don't, I don't care about your your sure. political affiliation, but it just sets a bad precedent. So let's say three and a half years from now, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passes, mm-hmm. God forbid, and Donald Trump wants to put a nominee in. The Democrats can do the same thing and say, no, no, we're going to wait till the election. I, I just, I mean, it's the rules are the rules. They they should have. I know, I know, half of the people are screaming at the radio because going right. No, thank God they. All right, maybe thank God now. Sure. But, you know, the precedent is now set for the Democrats to do the same to the Republicans in the future. So, I, I don't know. I just thought that was Bush League. At least bring the guy up, vote him down, whatever. But, right. it, you know, uh, Scalia died during Obama's term. Mm-hmm. He had, you know, the right to submit a nomination. They should have seen it through is all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it worked out for the Republicans now that uh, Donald Trump. And I think there was some hesitation, I think, in conservative circles about, all right, what's Trump going to do? Yeah. Is he going to pull Judge Judy? Judge Wapner, Judge... I would have voted for Judge Wapner. Judge Brown. Over Wap- Judge Judy, really? Yeah. Wapner's got to be dead by now. Oh, right? he was he yeah. was 100 in the dun, 80s. Dun, dun. <laughs> Doug think... Llewellyn is still alive. Really? The, you know the, the yeah, guy the, that interviewed the... The, the, the announcer. Dun, dun, dun. Can the you give me the end. people's court theme, Longoria? Yeah, okay. That'd be a Buford job, but he's off today. Yeah. Um, who's the other? Judge Jimmy Brown? What's the guy's name? James Brown? No. No, I think you're right. I only know Joe Brown. Brown. Joe Brown. Joe Brown. Joe Brown. Yeah. yeah, he's doing like lawyer commercials now. That guy's yeah. totally selling out. Uh, that's what I think a lot of people <laughs> were afraid of. Like Trump said all the right things in the, in the campaign: conservative, pro-life, judge, blah blah blah. But you know, with Donald Trump, you never know. So I think there was a lot of holding your breath uh, mm-hmm. in some of the conservative aisles of of power. Well, in forty-five like, minutes, we'll know. Whether... We will know, and you'll hear it live here on WSB. Here's here's what I think about. Uh, I have no idea. Whatever. Either one of these guys is fine with me. Yeah. If they. Uh, if they rose through the ranks, 10th Circuit Court, uh, 3rd Circuit, I mean, if they've been approved this far, they've got to be pretty good judges, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, Hardeman got confirmed with a 95 to nothing vote. Yeah. So no, keep going. Keep no, playing. I, I actually kind of like yeah, that. I feel like good. I'm on a, a episode of, you know, Law and Order or dun, something. Dun. And on the People's Court, Longoria planted... Rutabagas in his backyard, and Low T Chuck stolen. What does Judge Wapner think next? On the people's court. Uh, so I, I have no problem with these guys. Whatever, yeah. whoever he wants, nominate him, confirm him, and, and we're done with it. But I, I just think that the Supreme Court justice job might be the coolest job on the planet. I think so. It's I think it's way cooler than the president. Yeah. Way cooler than the vice president. Way cooler than a governor, the senator. So it's a lifetime appointment. You basically die yes or or resign or quit or retire you can retire but, still but yeah but it doesn't, you're it doesn't really happen life. often uh the, the uh salary for the associate justice not the uh, chief justice is just under 250 grand a year 
I could live very comfortably on that. And you get that for the rest of your life. Even if you resign or step away from the court, that's that's it. You get that for life. And think about, and the president only makes $400,000, by the way. Not that money's everything. No. But how much less stress does the Supreme Court justice have than the president of the United States? Oh, I mean, the president of the United States is, you're 24-7, you're biting your nails, you're tweeting, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Supreme, <laughs> Supreme Court justice, you just kick back and relax. Yeah, like, I mean, and you're only in session for a certain period exactly. of you got a certain number of months to make your decision. And, and you have such much- power, too, yeah. especially if you're a guy like Kennedy, mm-hmm. who could swing things, or, yeah. or Roberts, who, I mean, you've got such power. It's a lifetime appointment, less stress, and, and you are, I would say more respected than any governor, congressman, or senator, right? I That's think a so. higher level of admiration uh, because you're, listen, you're a judge. You went to law school. You were, you rose the ranks. You, I, I, I just think it's a cool, it's probably the coolest government job there is. There's still some mystery around the Supreme Court as well because there's no cameras in the Supreme Court. So yeah. You just get, you get these very dry reports coming out. There's, there's still a little intrigue there because it's not like Congress where there's just cameras C-span, everywhere just, and it's yeah. and they're performing for the cameras. This is much different. I think there's still some mystique to it. I, I agree. I just think it's the coolest job in government. Uh, and I don't even know if I want to be chief justice. Let me just be one of the side dudes. Yeah. You know, I, just, I don't want to be the face of the court. Right. Just I want to be a face in the court. Yeah. And apparently they they kick back, have good times together. Like oh, they go on vacations. Uh, they all seem to get along. Ruth very, Bader very well. loves the loves the vino apparently, yep. and she loves. Uh, I mean, it's Probably just a good. Her going. It's a good life. I just think I don't know. That's my take. I just think that's the coolest government job ever is a Supreme Court justice. And we'll find out in uh, about forty five minutes. We'll carry it here live. Donald Trump announcing his uh, his nominee. Will it be uh, Gorsuch? Or Hardeman, or a third party. We don't even heard from. I just don't get that. Does anyone explain? Does anyone know why we, why he's doing that? He's bringing two candidates in, <laughs> only know. to give just to make it more, you know, make us talk about it. He's getting it's, what he's. Getting, yeah, you know? I guess it's it's a game show move, though. It's like yeah, definitely. It's like The Apprentice. Like we, <laughs> yeah, these yeah. are the two finalists. You're fired. Who's yeah, exactly. I just feel bad whoever for whoever doesn't get it. Yeah, because they, they had to fly him all the way yeah. out there. They're thinking maybe they'll do it. You know, unless know. he does. All right, he nails. He names one. All right, you're the Supreme Court justice. Uh, this other dude, you're going to be my chief legal counsel or something. You know, like he's got a, a runner-up prize for him. <laughs> yeah, but still, that's you know, kind of you know. One of them gets the the Supreme Court. The other one, you become <laughs> head legal counsel for Trump Enterprises uh, or something. There's right. got to be there's got to be a consolation prize for someone. All right, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. 404-872-0750-1800, WSB Talk. Your thoughts on this whole historical process that's going to unfold uh, before your very ears here on WSB. Kim joins us on the Mark Aram Show. Hello, Kim. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. I just wanted to enlighten you about the why um, Obama's nominee was not considered. Enlighten away. Okay. And this is this is from your old, old buddy Joe Biden, as a matter of fact. When Biden was still a senator... And George W. Bush was still president. He had the opportunity to name um, a justice to the Supreme Court, but it was uh, less than a year before his term ended. And Joe Biden and, and the Democrats said, "Hey, you know, you really should. You only got a less than a year left, and you know, you're going to be out the door, and you shouldn't be naming and filling a Supreme Court position." And so the Republicans this time around said, "Okay, what's good for the goose is good for the gander." 
the, the, there are a couple of differences in that. I'm trying to find it real quick. Uh, the timing of the two, as far as the length of, of term left, I think was different. You're right, but it's it's. A, I think it's a horrible but precedent. Scalia died either way. in February. Yeah. So it was less than a year for Obama. But I think I think the uh, the Biden case was was shorter than that. Not that well, it matters. I think if but you they said a year, you know their their number was a year. So. You know, then you're not going to start parsing by months if there's if the Democrats at first said. Eight but don't years. you agree that's a that's a it's it's not good. It's not the way it should be. Not really, because it still allows a, a guy who's on his way out to pack the court. And that's that's not good. It's it's in the rule book. I mean, it should be. It's no, it's, it's in his term. Rule, yeah, right? he's still president. It's still in his term. Yeah, check check back in four years, Kim, when when uh, Ginsburg hits the. The pavement, and uh, the Democrats try to stop Donald Trump from nominating. Did you just say hits the pavement? Hits the pavement. I, don't, I couldn't think of it. I like that. Hits the pavement. I like that. God forbid. <laughs> just did the sign of the cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me oh, let me see the, the timing. Uh, it's, I, I, I think it's horrible on both sides. If, if there's an opening in the court, the president at the Oval Office at that time should make the nomination. It's that simple. It's that simple. Longoria. <laughs> okay. If you pass before 9 p.m. tonight... Mm-hmm. Dr. Joe's not going to name your replacement. I get to name your replacement. That's true. Yes. Desiree. Well, why would Dr. Joe even name our replacement? Exactly right. <laughs> exactly my point. All right. More of your Did calls. You say Desiree. Yes. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. All right. Let's throw some facts at you. Thurgood Marshall retired from the Supreme Court June 28, 1991, due to declining health. June 28, 1991, Clarence Thomas was sworn in as his replacement October 23, 1991. So from June to October, the, the, the retirement in June to October um, was the, the time lapse. So June, at the end of the George W. Bush uh, presidency, H.W. Bush presidency, uh, instead of February with the death of Scalia. So there, it's a shorter time. Uh, Joe Biden allegedly um, thought they should wait, but they didn't wait. Um, and they they confirmed Clarence Thomas on October 23rd, 1991. So even though it was the very end of the George H.W. Bush presidency, uh, they still uh, confirmed his nomination. Unlike what happened in February of last year, when there was a vacancy under President Obama um, and there was no vote taken. This is what Joe Biden had to say back in 91. Can I play some audio here, Longoria? This is what Joe Biden had to say about confirming Supreme Court justices um, like the Clarence Thomas situation. That I'm not being contentious enough. They suggest that since the court has moved so far to the right already, that it's too late for a progressive Senate to accept compromise candidates from a conservative administration. They would argue that the only people we should accept are liberal candidates, which are not going to come, nor what is it reasonable to expect them to come from a conservative Republican president. But I believe that so long as the public continues to split its confidence between the branches, Compromise is the responsible course, both for the White House and for the Senate. Therefore, I stand by my position, Mr. President. If the President consults and cooperates with the Senate, 
or moderates his selections absent consultation, then his nominees may enjoy my support as did Justices Kennedy and Souter. But if he does not, as is the President's right, then I will oppose his future nominees, as is my right. And now you know the rest of the story. Look at that. You learned something tonight on the Mark Aram Show. How about that? It's a rare occurrence where you learn something. They Very did not. Rare. They did not. Uh, <laughs> they allowed Clarence Thomas to uh, get a hearing. He was confirmed, and uh, I think that's that's the way it should be. I think that's the way it should have been in February with the passing of Scalia. And I hope that's the way it is in four years. It's your Oval Office. It's your White House. It's your appointment. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, or Donald Trump. It's your, it's your White House. It's your nominee. Respect. Respect the rules of the game. Don't hate the game, Longoria. Hate the player. <laughs> we'll come back That's with true. more of your calls. Eric Erickson and Johnny Kilbasa next half hour. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is The Mark Aram Show. Half hour coming straight at you. Johnny Kilbasa, your calls, Eric Erickson, and then the president announcing live his Supreme Court nominee here on WSB. Back to the phones. Mike's in Marietta. Mike, welcome to the show. Uh, hey, uh, enjoy your show. I listen pretty much every night. Thank but, you, sir. Uh, I hate it when it gets political. But <laughs> uh, what are you going to uh, do? I've, I've got to uh, agree with the young lady that, that was the caller before me, though. It, it it seems almost humorous that when the Democrats lay out the rules, and then the Republicans come along and play by those rules. Which which rule uh, did the that, Democrats lay out? And then that you're we're talking to? about the 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 Biden deal. So you know, so when, are you when, talking when, about when? when, when hold gotta, on hold on hold on. When George W. H. W. Bush uh, nominated Clarence Thomas, and then uh, he was confirmed. That you're talking about that time. Well, I'm talking about. Uh, well, if you want to, if you want to name that, that's fine. I do remember that. Well, that's and the I one that. What that's Clarence the one that Thomas had to go through. Sure, sure. But at least he got a vote and got confirmed. That that's what the caller was mentioning. Obama's guy didn't even get a vote. Yeah. Well, hey, you know that that that's the way it is. I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, but, it uh, is. But you can't compare the two. You can't compare the two. George H. W. Bush nominated a guy. They went through the the cycle. They put him in front. They took a vote. He got confirmed. President Obama's guy didn't even get a chance. Am I, am I wrong on this? And I'd say the same thing if the roles were reversed. It doesn't matter to me what the party is. If you are the president, your nominee should get a vote. You want to vote him down? Fine. But they didn't even, they didn't even committee to see Obama's guy. That's a bad precedent. Four years from now, if if Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, leaves her seat, 
you're going to feel a lot differently than you, you did in February when, when no one would take Obama's guy. The, the, those are just the facts. Clarence Thomas got confirmed. He was put up in front of committee. They voted on him. They didn't do that with President Obama. This isn't a Republican or Democrat thing. This isn't a liberal or conservative thing. It's it's, it's just a bad precedent. 404-872-0750, wsb Talk. And now, on the Mark Aram Show, it's time for the Fast Food Review. Joining us live on the Greasy Salty Hotline from parts unknown, height unknown, weight we do not want to know. He is always confirmed in my book. He is Johnny Kibasa and the ever-so-popular Fast Food Review. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great, Mark Aram. I'm wrapped in bacon. I'm here for the taking. I'm covered with cheese. I aim to please every day. Straight to the fast food menu tonight, my friend. What do we got cooking? You know, a long time ago, in 1985, James Brown played Chastain Park, and it was one of the greatest shows ever. And he said, during that show, he said, I'd like to give a special round of applause to Days In, Miss Lucy. And then he said, Matthew Parker keeps Georgia on my mind. And fried chicken is keeping Georgia on my mind today because KFC has some new chicken, and it's called Georgia Gold, and it's honey mustard Georgia Gold. Kind of a play off that Nashville hot chicken that came out uh, a year or so ago. Yeah, the cayenne. This is like a subset of a subset of uh, fried chicken, fast food fried chicken, a subset, if you will. Yeah, it is. It's a subset. They're swinging on down I seventy five a little bit. So I've always said that. I think most of the time this phrase rings hollow. The the sum is worth more than the sum of the parts or something like that. Yeah. But in this case, in the case of honey mustard, I think the whole is worth more than the sum of the parts. There's something magical that happens when Hmm. honey and mustard gets combined together. And they've taken that magic and they've baked it into extra crispy chicken. They've baked it into chicken tenders. They've baked it into chicken littles, just like the whole Nashville chicken thing did. So be proud, Georgia. You've got a KFC chicken named after the entire state, and it's not peach-flavored. It's honey mustard tang. I am trying to remember when honey mustard first popped up in my life because I don't remember honey mustard growing up, but I don't remember a time when I first saw honey mustard. You know what I'm saying? Like, when was No, I do know what you're saying, and I hate to give credit to McDonald's, but I actually think that they might have been um, on the forefront of honey mustard dipping sauce back when it came out. I'm saying right around the time James Brown played Chastain in <laughs> about 1985, 1986. Right do, around do you there. guys remember? Because growing up, the honey mustard was never a thing. Yeah, I don't remember it growing up, but I mean, just... and all of a sudden, it's boom! It's ubiquitous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. Chuck, did you have honey mustard, mustard in Montana? Not that I remember. No, no. you didn't see it till you moved to. Uh... I saw a barbecue sauce. That was about yeah, it. I just like I can I can remember, you know, the first chicken McNugget. Like yeah. I remember when that, I was like, oh, we have chicken nuggets now. Or uh, I remember specifically when something called Dijonese hit the market. Remember mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Dijonese. But yeah. I cannot remember when honey mustard entered my life. It was never there, never there, never there. And then everywhere. Yeah, I remember mixing hot mustard and sweet and sour sauce with my chicken McNuggets. Yeah, that's always a good thing. Doing that. And that was yeah. kind of Frodo honey mustard yeah. before you could get the honey mustard. Frodo honey mustard? Frodo. All right. Well, listen, if if you don't mind doing a homework assignment there, uh, Cheech. What? Yeah, let me... Uh, uh, now yeah, I'm really curious when, uh, when honey mustard was invented. It, and uh, whoever invented it, man, woman, or child, 
should be getting the credit that uh, they deserve. I mean, that's that's. We'll have a complete history for you. I hope so. I hope it's not like the inventor of sriracha that just lost the the patent and the trademark, and everyone can do it. Eric Erickson joining us live in studio. Before we get to the Supreme Court nomination, we're trying to figure out who and when honey mustard was invented. Do you do you recall? Because I remember growing up, never had honey mustard. There was never anything called honey mustard, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's everywhere. I have no idea. All right, I'm sure Delmonte. Yeah, well, my, I remember my name. grandma. You know, we had mustard on the counter, we had honey on the counter, and my grandma would say, "Hey, you keep those two separate. Don't put, you know, one's for sweet and one's for savory. Don't put them together, <laughs> no matter what you do." Grandma Kilbasa. You know, that was a long time ago. May she rest in peace. All right, Johnny, we got to roll. We appreciate you as always, and. Get the cholesterol top, baby. So my follow me on Twitter and check out my podcast at johnnykilbasa.com. At Johnny Kilbasa on uh, Twitter. Appreciate you, bruh. It's that, bruh. All right. Uh, moving along to uh, important matters. Again, we're going to carry the president's speech live here on WSB. Previewing the Supreme Court nominee that we expect to hear. It's WSB Radio's own Eric Erickson from uh, theresurgent.com. You should check it out and uh, sign up for the newsletters and all that stuff. Jelly- the British, by the way. The British came up with honey mustard. Did they? They brought it back from India. No kidding. Yep. But I, I never had it growing up, and then I, all of a sudden, everywhere is honey mustard. Those Brits, you can't trust the limes. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, good to, good to, thanks for staying late, by sure. the way. Um, a big day for the country tonight, as, as President Trump will announce here in about 15 minutes or so who his nomination is for the Supreme Court. Uh, we, we think we know. Is that the we deal? We think we know. Um, I mean, people inside and outside the White House are under the impression it's going to be Neil Gorsuch, who is at the White House right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still kind of think it's going to be him and Hardiman, Thomas Hardiman on stage, and we're going to see Bill Pryor walk out pregnant with Trump's baby. Why, why would you bring two in when you're only picking see, one? See, and this is going to be the next scandal, is did he use taxpayer money to bring two judges to D.C. just to build ratings? Oh, I mean, that's— I hope that, come on. The, the, there are already people asking really? the question. There are reporters asking the question as we speak, which is nonsensical. Personally, I think it's— commendable that this may be the first administration ever to be able to keep it a secret this long. But but I thought maybe the, both of these, uh, Hardiman and Gorsuch, yes. are, are smokescreens, and we'll have a third candidate. I mean, what would be more Trump than that? And be like, <laughs> right. you two aren't it. This is who it is. And then come out. Uh, Judge Judy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, Judge Wapner is still alive. I did some research on the break. Yeah. Wow. Born in 1949, which means he's, oh, he's not, not that, that old. old. Yeah. He looked like he was 80 back in the 80s. Ten years ago, I would have said he was ancient, and now he's not that old. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. Eric Erickson joining us on the Mark Aram Show. Um, forgive my ignorance, but is this this isn't typically how uh, Supreme Court nominees are are brought to the, the public, right? No, normally. In fact, we're seeing the same thing with his immigration order is that typically it's leaked out a few days in advance so they can judge the political currents of whether or not it's good or not. Um, and they get people lined up to be able to advocate for it. This is very last minute. In fact, I was told this morning when I was first tipped off that it was Gorsuch that they did not even send out a request last night for outside groups to start buying up advertising on Gorsuch's behalf until last night. Wow. Which is usually, I mean, if you take Roberts or Alita I knew they were both coming about a week before they were announced because outside conservative groups had already been told and White House staff had been told to stop focusing on everyone else and just look at these two individuals. Um, this is unique. Real quick, before we go, uh, as as the voice of, of conservative America, 
Will you be happy with either Hardeman or Gorsuch? Are these okay with you? Much happier with Gorsuch than Hardeman. Mm -hmm. uh, Gorsuch is a more known commodity who's been tested. Hardeman is very nebulous in parts of his record. Nebulosity. Nebulosity. <laughs> Never good for the Supreme Court justice. All right, hang tight, Eric. We're going to come back after a quick break, and we'll uh, talk live until Donald Trump announces his Supreme Court nominee. You will hear that live right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Any questions for us, you can tweet at us throughout the uh, broadcast, at Mark Aram, at E.W. Erickson. Hang tight. We'll be back at 748 on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back to the show, 753, 63 degrees on Peachtree Street. Mark Aram and Eric Erickson with you. We are awaiting President Donald Trump's nomination for the Supreme Court. We think it's going to be 49-year-old Neil Gorsuch of the 10th Circuit in Colorado. Uh, he was nominated to his judgeship in 2006 by President George W. Bush. But again, Eric, as we were talking off air, who knows? Who knows? I <laughs> who mean, knows you've got happen. the entire media now convinced that it's Neil Gorsuch from basic sources. And that just makes me think, part of me thinks this is the way Trump operates. It's going to be someone that's not Neil Gorsuch. I think timing-wise, this is pretty good timing for the president. Get this out in the public, uh, in the public's mind. Take the uh, the focus away from the executive order thing right. that's been – This I think timing-wise, this, this – announcement is, is pretty good because it's going to change the news cycle. In fact, they wanted to do it on Thursday, and I was told that they were going to move it to yesterday to change the subject, but they couldn't get Gorsuch and Hardeman together on planes to D.C. yesterday, so they had to do it today. All right. Again, we're waiting to see exactly uh, who will the nomination be. Um, that's going to be broadcast live here on WSB. We think around 8.02, so we're going to step away. Jennifer Griffey's give you a news break. Uh, then we'll hear the nomination live, and depending how long it goes, uh, we'll come back and discuss the nominee uh, maybe take your calls, depending on how much time we have. But then we got to bounce at 8:30 because of Bulldog basketball. So uh, buckle up. This is uh, this is historic. I'm excited about this. You know, this is a big deal. I don't ever remember uh, carrying this sort of uh, announcement live on the radio before. That's uh, you know whether you like him or not, the stagecraft the president uses is is pretty remarkable. I'm still it boggles my mind. I'm still saying President yeah, Trump. Yeah, but, exactly. I mean, he uses good stagecraft. He's got the entire attention of the nation right now. Is this real quick? Because we have like less than a minute left. Is this a Bannon pick or is this a Trump pick? Uh, from what I'm told, this is actually a Trump pick. And the okay. reason it stood out in his mind is that everyone had a lobbying team for them except for Gorsuch, who kind of was able to stand on his own record and, and prove himself without having people around him cheering him on. Interesting. All right. We'll see what happens in just minutes. Uh, I'm sorry if we didn't get your calls. We do not have time right now, but maybe we'll take them after uh, the announcement. Again, we can uh, tweet at us throughout the broadcast at Mark Aram, at E.W. Erickson. Um, and we're going to see in just a couple of minutes who the president uh, announces for his Supreme Court nominee. Stick with us. Exclusive coverage of the Supreme Court and the president right here on WSB Radio. Welcome back to the show. It's 8 o'clock on the dot. Mark Aram and Eric Erickson with you on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're awaiting word from the White House as uh, President Donald Trump will shortly announce his Supreme Court nominee, uh, one of two candidates we think, Thomas Hardiman or Neil Gorsuch. Uh, Eric, how long do we expect this announcement to last? Any idea? It shouldn't last more than probably five minutes of the president's statement and a few minutes of the statement for the nominee, whoever it is. Um, 
I can't imagine the whole thing taking more than 15 total minutes. We're watching this live on television, and and uh, set this, the stage, Eric. Uh, what are we looking at here? This is usually where the president comes out and gives the big the big speeches, right? Yeah, this is the main corridor of the White House into the East Room, looking down to the State Dining Room. The president will come down the hall here in a few minutes. Behind the median and visitors that you can't see is a large television screen that serves as his teleprompter uh, that he'll be using tonight. Will he be the only one? Uh, behind that podium, do you think? Uh, he will not. Uh, he will call up his nominee. Uh, typically, the nominee will come down the hall with him. Uh, knowing Donald Trump, I suspect the nominees are both sitting in the crowd waiting to be called up like the Academy Awards. And I'm assuming th- there will be no questions from the media after this. This is just going to be an announcement. Maybe the, the nominee will, will say a couple of words, something like that? Typically, uh, these sorts of things, there aren't. You know, this is the first time in my memory we've done one in the evening. Typically, they're done in the morning or noonday mm-hmm. to prepare for the evening news. Um, but, we're gonna, I mean, look, you've got an entire CNN panel going. Uh, and the other networks are the same. You've got captive attention. Yeah, well, uh, the president certainly knows when primetime television is. And I'm surprised, kind of, he didn't wait till sweeps week because that's the, the you know, <laughs> why don't why don't you wait for the sweeps period before you get this? Well, but, you're uh, the president every week is sweeps that, week. That I guess. is a good yeah. point. All right, so it's 8:15 on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. There you heard it live here on WSB Radio. We uh, th- the name we thought would get called was called Eric Erickson, Neil Gorsuch. Um, uh, thunderous applause uh, on both the uh, the announcement of the nomination and of the nominee himself. Your first impressions of, of what we just heard. Solid pick, and you get to the heart of the matter where how he views uh, the judiciary, that the law should be read as written and not as the judge wants it to be. A uh, nice pick having uh, Antonin Scalia's widow also in the audience. Is is uh, Gorsuch more of a, uh, a Kennedy, a Roberts, or a Scalia? Definitely more of a Scalia than any of the mm-hmm. others. Um, his opinions, in fact, in some areas, he's to the right of Scalia on state power. Scalia tended to allow the state uh, powers within the Commerce Clause, and Gorsuch has fought them on regulatory power. Uh, but intellectually, he's at the level of a Scalia. He's probably written more than any of the other justices on the Supreme Court prior to appointment. Very impressive resume. Uh, graduated from Columbia and Harvard with honors, then Oxford. Yeah, has a doctorate in philosophy. That's that's pretty remarkable. And then clerked for two Supreme Court justices and did a stint at the Department of Justice. For me, as a layman, that's a pretty flawless resume. What will the Democrats say? Uh, they will say that he's a conservative. They will go after him for his book on euthanasia. He wrote what at the time was called very fair and even-handed account by the left uh, on euthanasia, but he took the position that euthanasia should not be legislated, though the state should not block someone from refusing treatment. Uh, the phrase that sticks out to the left is that all life has dignity and states that do not give dignity to all life tend to collapse. Uh, that'll be where they come from. I mean, any justice nominee is going to be go through relentless character assassination. Uh, it will be interesting to see if the Democrats mute this somewhat because you're essentially exchanging a Scalia for a Scalia. Mm-hmm. Ref- refresh my memory. Um, when when John uh, Roberts uh, was nominated by, by George Bush and uh, was seated in September of 2005, 
What was there a heavy Democratic opposition to his nomination? There was heavy Democratic opposition to John Roberts. Uh, it became a little more muted by the time it got to the Senate floor. Uh, he had just a masterful confirmation hearing uh, with his use of the phrase "just calling balls and strikes." That's my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had some very good coaching when he went there. But you know, it, it's worth for perspective. Ruth Bader Ginsburg as well had a controversial hearing, uh, and she got controversy from Democrats who didn't think she was pro-abortion enough. Um, Gorsuch will have some conservatives come out of the woodwork and claim he's not pro-life enough. Um, but really? he's a he's a very solid pick. Yeah, I've already gotten press releases from a couple of groups that are upset that he's not conservative enough. Interesting. Mark Ehrman, Eric Erickson with you. Um, will the Democrats uh, plant their, their flag on this hill and, and, and really put forward an opposition to this pick? They're having this argument behind the scenes. They had a heated debate this morning in Congress, uh, the Democratic conference, of whether or not to try to launch a filibuster. The liberals are saying they will filibuster. It's the more moderate elements of the Democratic Party who are up for election in states Trump won who are saying they're not. Uh, and their argument is that if you're trading a Scalia for a Scalia, why not? preserve the filibuster and use the filibuster if they try to shift, for example, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat to the right. I, I would think that's a losing strategy for the for the Democrats. I would not pick this hill to die on, so to speak, and, and let this confirmation go show uh, some sort of, of compromise and unity and, and goodwill. Uh, because no matter what happens, there's going to be a conservative justice filling the Scalia seat. There is, and the Republicans have every incentive to abolish the filibuster for the Supreme Court. And But you have this problem on the left now where they feel like Senate Democrats have been bending over backwards to approve all of his nominees. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still very bitter about the uh, Judge Garland treatment, so they want a scalp, and they want um, Gorsuch's scalp. scalp. I don't think they're going to get it, though. I mean, one way or the other, this guy will be on the Supreme Court, barring some unforeseen scandal in his record. Now, uh, Gorsuch went to Harvard Law with President Barack Obama. Any any on-the-record statements by the president on? He has not, uh, hasn't said anything. I know a number of people who went to Harvard with both of them, mm-hmm. and even on the left, they think very highly of Gorsuch, uh, that he's very even-handed, very fair, and very accessible to people, even those who disagree with him. As a Yale guy, I can't stand any Harvard people. (laughs) Um, All right, so there you go. Neil Gorsuch, the uh, nomination for the vacancy in the Supreme Court. You heard it here live. President Donald Trump seemed very happy. Uh, Huge audience in the East Room there. Uh, A lot of dignitaries. We saw Rudy Giuliani. We saw uh, the widow Scalia. Uh, We saw Vice President Pence. And that's where the applause came from. That was uh, th- Those weren't press members applauding. I think that was uh, a selected audience. We'll have uh, time for one or two calls, maybe. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Not much time uh, left on the program. A couple of quick comments, questions about the Supreme Court. Uh, Tony's in Marietta. Tony, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Mark. Uh, I, I just smell a filibuster coming from all of the uh, deranged uh, Democrats that are so far to the left, and they're still mad that uh, Trump won this thing. I just uh, This just doesn't feel right to me. I like the pick. But I just see some madness coming down the pipe. What say you guys? I, I, I think that would be a mistake for the Democrats to do it. Um, it, it, it it's going to happen. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen, I think, Eric, with this. Yeah, you've got 10 Senate Democrats up for re-election in states Trump won. None of them seem inclined to filibuster. They need 60 votes to hold a filibuster. I don't think it can happen. No, and I think tactically it would be a horrible decision. Chris is up next on the show. Hello, Chris. Hey, young man. Um, I... 
this is really not a precedent uh, with them delaying a, a, a confirmation of a Supreme Court. It's been going on since the beginning, and the longest time is over 841 days, which is more than two years' worth. So this is really not much. It's just been a long time since they've delayed it like this. It, it's definitely not a precedent. Uh, the, 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 I missed earlier in the, in the show, Eric, I was talking about, uh, I thought it was a bad precedent that they didn't bring uh, President Obama's nominee to committee and give it a chance. And four years from now, if, if Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg decides to step down with six months left on the Trump presidency, I'm sure uh, Republicans are going to want Trump to make that nomination. I just I thought that if you're in the White House, you should be able to uh, have your um, nominee uh, at least looked on. I, yeah, I, I get that. This was the the Joe Biden precedent in the end of the Bush 41 administration, refused to hold hearings on any federal court nominee, Supreme Court or otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, in the last year of the presidency, uh, saying the voters should vote first. And, I mean, McConnell ran with it. In fact, one out of five voters who voted in November voted on the Supreme Court as their top issue. Sixty percent went with Trump. So uh, whether people like it or not, it, it worked for yeah. the Republicans. I, I just think, you know, the, the, the roles could be reversed in four years. And uh, I, I just think if, if it's your White House, it should be your nominee. Keith's in Marietta. Keith, real quick, what do you have, buddy? Yeah, since Eric Erickson covered the Joe Biden rule, so that there are unintended consequences, I'll move on to my second point. The second unintended consequence of the Democrats is they created the nuclear option, and if the Republican Congress uses it, the Democrats have themselves to blame. They created it. My final point is that Trump is a businessman. He's a hard-nosed driving businessman. He's not going to give announcements. He's not going to test the air. He's going to do what he wants to do. He... He's not a politician, and he's not an ideologue. I, de- uh, I, think it's, I think it's a fine pick. I think he will be confirmed. 2006, when he was uh, voted to confirm for the uh, court, uh, he was confirmed by, voted yes by, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, John Kerry, Hillary Clinton, Chuck Schumer. All voted yes on uh, Gorsuch. So uh, I, I think that says something. Yeah, Senator Ron Weidman, first Democrat out, says Gorsuch represents a breathtaking retreat from the notion that Americans have fundamental constitutional rights. The first Democrat to chime in. There you go. Uh, more from Eric on uh, his website, theresurgent.com. Back live tomorrow with you 5 to 7 p.m. with Atlanta's Evening News. I'll be back on tomorrow, 7 to 9, the normal uh, time slot. We didn't have time for star of the show, but uh, it's Eric Erickson. He's star of the show. Uh, we'll continue the conversation on Twitter at Mark Aram, Facebook, Mark Aram, WSB, Instagram, Mark Aram. In the meantime, go to sleep, little baby. Go to sleep, you little baby. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three and internet. That's why I use Xfinity internet and it's the amazing 10 G network. The 10 G network from Xfinity. The future starts now smarter, more consistent and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10 G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.